no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the very cinches on today's show we preview the week nine matchup against the saints and much much more what's good press first of all what the hell is going on with this damn team now, <laughs> we, we we came on this show on monday <laughs> recorded very frustrated about what we saw against the, the Chargers. then the very next day a dub all hell breaks loose at hallis hall jayla johnson demands a trade they trade for Montez Sweat. I'm like, Dub, should we record this thing all over again? I'm like, nah, fuck it. We'll just talk <laughs> about it on the preview show. I ain't got time to be messing around with this damn team. But, Dub, we just talked about Jalen Johnson. We just talked about Ryan Poles needing to go ahead and do the right thing when it came to Jalen Johnson. And the very next day, all hell breaks loose, bro. Right after you called out Ryan Poles, this is what happens. And here we go again, man, with the player on this team feeling unappreciated, right? Jalen Johnson, the type of guy who want to get paid for his value. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he's requesting a trade. Why is that? It's on Ryan Pose. Yeah, it's on him. And then we hear reports that the offer that Ryan Pose gave to Jalen Johnson, they said it was considerably low. Mm. Um, what are we doing? <laughs> This is a guy right here that's a number one corner. Okay, and if you guys don't think so, then at least offer him something that at least is comparable to what a number one corner is. Because Jalen Johnson came out, A-Dub and said he wasn't trying to break records. He wasn't trying to reset the market. But he also says he knows his value. And the good thing about Jalen Johnson is the fact that he's willing to push back, willing to negotiate, right? And pushing back, on Ryan Poles because you feel like you're worth more than what's been offered. Nothing wrong with that. That's why it's called negotiations. And the good mm -hmm. thing about Jenna Johnson, he put a lot of good things out there for us to show that he's one of the best corners out there right now. So, and the thing is, he said he wanted to capitalize when things was hot, when things were hot. He, st he would start to play well. He started to cook, bro, get a few interceptions going on, showing his value. It's a perfect time to talk about it. Trade deadline coming up soon. Let's put it all out there. So this is the problem, though. And we've seen this movie before because the way Ryan Poles handled the Roquan situation, it pissed Roquan off to the fact that Roquan was like, get me the fuck out of here. And Roquan's situation was different because Roquan did that shit before the season started, bro. <laughs> and they got him up out of here. Now, the situation with Jalen is his agent requested permission and they was out there shopping Jalen Johnson's services. And there was a number of teams that were trying to go and get him. So this is my issue here. You almost lost Jalen Johnson. So this is just yet another situation with Ryan Poles where we're like, what you doing, bro? Stop trying to lowball these guys. We know that you're trying to get the best deal possible. But sometimes you got to overpay, just like you did for Cole Komet. Keep that same fucking energy, son. Absolutely. And maybe pay a little bit more. 
I definitely feel where you're going there, bro, because a guy like Jalen Johnson, in my opinion, deserves that. I mean, what has oh, he yeah. shown to us? Yeah. That, he, that he wasn't worth that. You got to give the guy what he's worth, man. Pay him for his value. If you got to pay a little more, cool with that. But the thing is, this guy's understanding what he is and what he's capable of doing. And when you know that, Perez, you can start making some little bit more demands about that. And I have no problem with him speaking up and speaking for himself, man, because you got to do that sometimes, Perez, for these guys to understand that, hey, look, I, I want to feel appreciated and show why I want to be here in Chicago. I mean, he made it known that he wanted to be in Chicago, but the thing is, the guy want to get financially stable too. So we can't forget about that. And you know what? One of the things that he mentioned, obviously what you just said there is that he wants to stay here, but at the same time, if the organization isn't showing him that they want him here, that he's got no choice but to explore his other options, which is what he did. And he said there's a difference between talking and trying to work things out versus getting things done. And that's right, 100% true, right? What are we talking about? What are the conversations? I have shown you guys what I can bring to the table. Look at my motherfucking numbers. Look at how I'm shutting down this side of the field. Okay, you can hold health against me. Fine. Right? right? You can hold against me that I'm not creating enough turnovers. Okay, fine. But guess what? The proof is in the pudding. And Jalen Johnson's a bad motherfucker. Ryan Pose, if you don't want to pay him like a cornerback one, then I don't know <laughs> what else can the kid do. Because you now run the risk of losing him because at least now you have the ability to negotiate with him without other teams getting in the way. Now he'll talk to all these different teams. You know some team are probably giving him some parameters of what they would consider paying him. Right. Think about the information now that his agent has going into free agency. This is why now Jalen Johnson is like, I'm not interested in renegotiating with the team right now. I'm going to wait till the offseason. I'm going to focus on the rest of the season. All he's doing is I'm going to focus on continuing to put up numbers. I'm going to continue to keep having standout play. And I'm going to price myself out of this fucking organization. And that's the best thing he can possibly do, Perez. For him. Exactly. Not let his contract get in the way. Go out there, continue to put out that good tape. You know what I mean? And show the rest of the world that, hey, you know what? I'm still one of the best cornerbacks. I'm not just all talk. And we saw what this Bears team looked like without him, Perez. Our pass, well, our secondary struggle without Jalen Johnson. So with him, we've been pretty solid, right? So you can say, hey, he is a big part of that. And what he's able to do, man, Helps this team out very well. So you, you, if you're Jalen Johnson, you feel like you're in the driver's seat, and you should. But see, this is another thing. Like, so when the Bears granted him and his agent permission to go seek a trade, and when teams were starting to reach out, they said Ryan Poe's asking price was too high. So okay, so on one hand, you hold this guy in such high esteem that you go hold teams hostage <laughs> as far as being able to get him, but then you don't want to fucking offer him a contract that's comparable to his value. Right. Make it make sense, Ryan. And the other thing, when you think about uh, Jalen Johnson, even if you don't get a contract with Chicago Bears as far as a long-term deal, they hold the opportunity to probably franchise tag if they want to do that. If they were to franchise tag you, now you still got to wait a whole other year, right, with Chicago. So at the end of the day, man, you can continue doing great things but it seems like the Chicago Bears can still hold this guy hostage for us, which, in my opinion, is a little unfortunate if you want to go somewhere else, you know? Well, that's why a lot of players don't like that franchise tag, because to your point, they have that at their disposal, and they can use it. But, hey, listen, worst things can happen, because then he gets paid 
top five money in his position. A lot of people may say, is Jalen Johnson a top five corner? I don't know. But what I will say is, if I'm Ryan Poles, I don't let it get to that point. Because then you right. run the risk of pissing him off. Then you run the risk of him really causing some noise. And it was only a matter of time before Jalen Johnson bucked. Think about during <laughs> the, the summer. We were expecting him to, you know, do something. Right. Went out there, did what he had to do after skipping some of the voluntary stuff. But he <laughs> showed up. Did what he, he had did. to do. He sees his teammate get a contract. He's probably like, okay, I'm sure my time is coming. <laughs> that time doesn't come. The conversations that he's having with Ryan Poles, they're kind of like, meh. He's like, fuck this. If you ain't taking me seriously, get me the fuck out of here. I'm behind Jalen Johnson 100% on this. And I'm telling you, I'm not like turning on Ryan Poles, but I'm starting to get a little frustrated with the way that he does business. And I think you have to take relationships that you and I talked about, Perez, on the last episode. You got to take that into account. And you acting like you don't know who Jalen Johnson is. You got enough time spent with this kid to understand his value to this team. You get a chance to understand what he's been able to do as a player. And I got to stand with him on that too, Perez, because I like this kid, man. He's been playing extremely well. He's one of the best corners out there that you and I talk about. And the thing is, he wants to get paid, man. So you talk about upsetting this kid, man. I don't want to see Jalen Johnson going out there and posting things on Twitter like he did last time when they find him, right? He put it out there. <laughs> you don't want to see him doing that again, man. So I'd rather for him to get paid and work well with this organization. If you're not going to pay the guy, then press, let him walk. You know what I mean? Do the right thing for him, you know? I see you do the right thing with let other players do their thing and go to a good situation. Do the same thing for, for Jalen Johnson if you don't intend, intend on signing him. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I feel like he's a valuable part of the rebuild. Yeah. I want him here. Ryan Poles claims that he wants him here. Talk is cheap. Make it happen. Yep. We all want him here. He wants to be here. Then pay him. Let's kill everything that's going on, all this noise, all these dis different distractions. Let's get rid of all that. Pay the guy, work through his agent, get the get a deal done, and we move on with life. Make it simple, man. Let's not make this thing more complicated than what it already is. But then what does he go and tell the reporters? He says, if I were to lose Jalen, I want to have a high chance of hitting on another Jalen Johnson, which to him is a late first round, early second round pick. So that was the asking price. But my whole thing is, just because you get that draft pick in return doesn't guarantee that you get another Jalen Johnson. You have a guy right here in front of you that's proven. Just pay him. That's it. And to that point, Perez, when you got proven players, bro, you should pay them. What's so hard about that? You already hit on about Roquan Smith, what he's doing over, what he's doing over there now, handling business. He's been playing big time over there, you know? You don't want to see a Jalen Johnson escape Chicago, and do great things. While you got him in the system, let's pay the guy, let's value his worth. Well, Ryan Poles seems to be confident that he thinks that they can get a deal done this offseason, A-Dub, so we'll definitely see. He said they're still open to getting the contract done, and they're going to follow Jalen's lead. But right now, Jalen just seems like a guy that's kind of like annoyed with the way uh, Jalen kind of seems like right now, A-Dub, he's annoyed with the way that this process has gone, and I can't blame him. And he should be annoyed, Perez. I mean, anyone in Jalen Johnson's position will probably be annoyed with that, bro. But I hope they can continue to put out 
great film so people can see that, hey, this guy's still legit. He's handling business. He's not letting the contract really get to him. All right, another news. And we teased it in the last show. We talked about the Chase Young rumors because we knew that the commanders were not only looking to trade Chase Young, but they were also looking to trade Montez Sweat. And my very exact words on the show to you, A-Dub, was, hey, while I know that the Bears are kind of looking at Chase Young, I said that injury history of his kind of scares me a little bit. The guy's got talent. Right. But what did I say? I said, I prefer Montez Sweat. And Ryan Poles goes out there and he gets Montez Sweat. When that trade came over, A-Dub, what was your thoughts there, man? First thing crossed my mind was that Perez spoke this into fruition. <laughs> I was like, you were spot on when you brought up his name. And now seeing that Ryan Poles made a move to get sweat, I said, cool, that's great. This kid could be a cornerstone, you know. He could be someone that can be here long term. We understand that his contract is about to be expired, right, at the end of the season. But this is a guy you probably could sign for the future, right, because of his youth. But the other thing that it taught me, Perez, is that, well, Ryan Poles do not make any mistakes we talk about our, on our defensive side of the ball because a couple of guys who signed haven't shown us nothing at all. And you felt the need to go out and do this again because something that has not been accomplished with the current roster. You talk about in Guacway that Perez brought up before. You talk about Walker, who hasn't, who all have been a no-show. Now you go out there and get sweat. So you're telling me now you're trying to fix some of your problems that are already occurring on this team already. I think that's a fair point, but I, I so this is what I will say. I give him props for making the move because right now his six and a half sacks, <laughs> they exceed our defensive line altogether. Right. And, and that goes to show you how pitiful our pass rush has been. But one point AW that bothered me about this trade, I liked it from the standpoint of that we immediately got better. He's immediately the best pass rusher on the team. But they don't have the groundworks laid out for a potential extension. Now, when we made that blockbuster trade to get Khalil Mack, the Bears of Khalil Mack had discussions prior to the trade going forward that made him a very rich man. Right. <laughs> and my whole thing is with this situation here, you give up a second-round draft pick, which in this draft, with the way the Bears are looking, is going to be a top-five second-round draft pick. That is high draft capital. And you're giving it up for a guy that, yes, he has talent, but you don't know if he's going to be here next season. When they asked Montez Sweat about it, what did he say? He said he needs to kind of get a feel for the organization and what's going on. So he's in no hurry to sign an extension. And in that case, for us, we call it a rental. <laughs> you're renting a player and you give a draft capital like that. And this well, is a risky move, bro. Really risky. But you, but you don't rent players when you're two and fucking six. That's my <laughs> point. Right. And the season's almost a wash in a way. What are you thinking about Ryan Poles when it comes to that? Because if you don't sign the guy, this is going to look really ugly on your part. You just wasted the draft pick. So this is my whole thing. For me, okay, fine. The draft pick kind of like, I'm like, I'm tired of him trading away these second-round draft picks. He did it last year for Chase Claypool. Bro, come on, man. Like, I don't want him to start getting into this Ryan Pace shit when you start trading away fucking draft picks. Like, you've done a really good job of accumulating assets. Let's not just keep giving them away willy-nilly. However, like I said, with this situation, it just makes me uncomfortable knowing that you guys traded for a guy that's kind of lukewarm on being here long term. 
Brass, this is one of those situations that could be high risk, high reward, right? If it pans out, because it is risky. You're right, man. A rental and nothing's on the table with getting this guy an extension. Yeah, it is concerning, man. And this becomes, in my opinion, another miss if you if you let sweat get away. Bro, this is this is the thing, man. <laughs> this is why this fan base continues to look at this organization and shake their head, right? Because this is the only organization that in one day can pull off a blockbuster trade at the deadline, but then have their star cornerback one out in the same fucking hour. It's like such an embarrassment. <laughs> and that's probably why Montez Sweat's like, no, I need to like see what's going on around here before I <laughs> say I'm ready to fucking sign long term. And that's smart. He needs to get a lay of the land. He didn't get a feel for the organization because we ain't looking too good right now. You got the running back coach getting fired for inappropriate behavior. We are not representing ourselves well right now, he does. When you think about Jalen Johnson, his presser, and when he talked about Sweat, he pretty much said that if Sweat was to get a contract before him, it'll be a problem. Oof. So if the Bears Oof. were to sign Sweat to an extension, what do you think is going to happen? You think Jalen Johnson is going to be over there all happy and cool with all that? No. We got a bigger problem on our hand now. He wondered what's up with him. What you guys want to do with him? He's not going to be happy, Perez. And now we really got some distractions going on. So to your point, man, I don't feel good about this just yet, man. I really don't. And you know Jalen Johnson, even though he's probably being a good teammate about it, he probably feels some kind of way about Cole Komet getting that contract before him. Especially if you feel like you have done your job as a corner, far better than Komet has done his job as a tight end. You can make that argument if you look at the two, right? And I think Jalen Johnson could feel that, that way, Perez. Like, man, I've been putting in work over here, man. Every time I step out on that field, handling business, and you already signed one guy already and left me hanging, and look what I'm going through. Feels like you got this contract out the way real quickly and smoothly. Why is mine taking so long and rough? And you know what? I loved your point about Jalen Johnson because this is my thing, right? Maybe... That's why Sweat is sitting here like, hey, you know what? I'm not stepping <laughs> in nothing around here. I'm waiting because he's like, I, I'm not signing this contract, and then I got people in this locker room looking at me sideways. Mm -mm. <laughs> Sweat is a smart man, bro. We out all your options. Understand what's going on here with this culture in Chicago before you make any moves, man, because right now, it ain't pretty right now. No, it's not pretty, man. There's so much bullshit going on in the house hall right now. Obviously, I, I mentioned the, the coach that was fired. We don't know the circumstances around that. Allegedly, right? He was removed for, allegedly, he was removed, a dub for, you know, conduct that was unbecoming of the workplace. So you're in HR, so you know all about how that stuff works. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in my opinion, though, when you hear this shit, we already had the situation that happened with Alan Williams, and we, we don't really know what happened there, right? We just know it was another HR influence type of decision. It's just going to show that this culture that everybody was talking to us about, A-Dub, with Matt Eberflus, was all smoke and mirrors. It's bullshit. You got coaches that can't even fucking act right on your team. <laughs> the fuck we got? These are grown-ass men, 50-year-old men, and they getting fired because they don't know how to fucking act in the workplace. And you call yourself leader of men. It is the embarrassment, friends. This is terrible, man. When you talk about two people involved in some HR stuff. And I understand 
other teams may be going through the same thing because Probably. some HR issues, you know, you have to put out there. It's not that big of a deal. Maybe someone, you know, said something and it turned out to be, you know, not true. But in this case here, we're seeing people being reprimanded, right? And it's coming out that these folks who are being reprimanded are being part of HR. HR have been having some dialogue with these folks and played a, played a big part in that. So you got to understand that if this is going on under your regime, Ryan Poles, this ain't no good look. How could you want other players to respect the culture here when your own coaches are not doing the same? This is the problem, man. And you want to talk about fixing things? You got to start with your coaching staff, man, before you talk about fixing any player around here and doing the right thing. And you know what? It's, it was sad to me because when I looked at the running back coach, I'm like, shit, he was one of the coaches that was doing his damn job. Yeah. His running back group is kicking ass. Right. They've been the <laughs> most reliable group on the team. But again, if he can't conduct himself as a as a productive member of society, then yeah, you gotta go. Absolutely you gotta go, man. And the fact that Whatever he did wrong was substantiated prayers. That's just tough in itself, man. I mean, they have probable cause to let this guy go. And if that's what's going on in Chicago, man, that's a big problem. It don't speak well about the coaching staff, especially you have multiple ones on multiple coaches in one season at that prayers. This is bad, man. And you got to look in the mirror. Eva Flutes, you and your coaching staff got to look in the mirror. Ryan Post, you got to look in the mirror. You guys got to come out and give us better than this. This is a damn problem. Like, it's one thing if it's an isolated incident with one coach. Right. Two coaches in one fucking season, right? Month apart. And on second part, this guy, this was his second instance where he's been accused of whatever the hell he did, which right. led to the firing. But Alan Williams, whatever he did, he resigned to step down. We still don't know the whole story of what happened there. And the Bears, we don't have an assistant running back coach. So now you're going to have another position that somebody else is going to have to cover for. Matt Ewokus is already covered for the defensive coordinator. We got openings going on during the season. This is a bad <laughs> thing, man. Truly bad. And you're like, how in the hell are we able to get by from game to game, man? And you understand now why the team is losing. Yeah, other issues. And that is why Montez Sweat is like, I got to do my due diligence. You better do your due diligence, bro. I swear <laughs> to God. Listen, he's got nine games to figure this shit out. Like, hey, uh, do I want to be here or not? And the Bears, I swear to God, y'all better fix these problems. <laughs> because Ryan Poles, you don't want to waste another second-round draft pick. You think about losing. You think about now we got people being fired. <laughs> you got a player want to be traded. Hey, man, you got enough ammunition over here if you sweat to say, hey, man, all this got to be figured out, Chris, before I make a commitment to any team in Chicago, man. So I'm looking at sweat right now like, hey, do your homework, bro. It's enough out there for you to work with. And even Fus, I mean, to his credit, he did say, hey, it's disappointing, but he said we have a standard to uphold to, and when that standard's not met, he said we act accordingly. And that's what they did, right? And so I respect that, right? Because, I mean, think about A-Dub, what we do with our company. Yeah. You and I, we have a standard for anybody that works with us. If they don't uphold that standard, well, guess what? Hey, no hard feelings, but hey, <laughs> you got to go. And I get it. You know, the brand is important, Prez. I totally get it. 
but I still can't wrap my head around how the hell two of these coaches screw up like I this, know. right? You I talk know. about when you hire somebody, Perez, let's talk about this. You and I, right? You know how I am in HR, right? You hire yep. somebody. One thing you don't want to do, Perez, is hire two people that just screwed up that quickly, man. You don't want that on your belt. Like, wait a minute. I got to look at my hiring practice now, you know? So look at Chicago Bears. You're like, hey, man, we got coaches that ain't producing. We got coaches that got behavior issues. What the hell are we seeing when it come down to these coaches? This is a big problem. I'm going to say this, A-Dub. Yes, I agree with that. But I think it goes even further than what we're seeing with these coaches. Think about this, Dub. You talking about this team broke a 14-game loser streak. Justin Fields been sidelined with that dislocated thumb. Yep. We already know what happened the other night when Chris Collins were running his fucking mouth because somebody in the organization basically told him to say all that shit. Right. The Chase Claypool trade drama. This has been a disastrous season, bro. That's why I'm sitting over here looking at this thing like, yeah, the coaching part is 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 all well and fine. I agree with that, A-Dub. But now look at the rest of the shit. Yeah. Will you add all that together? Good Lord. I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you feel, man, if you're a player, you know. You go about your business the right way. You don't save much because, you know, you want to add fuel to the fire. But deep down, you feel like, hey, if I got to deal with all this shit, you best of well pay me. And, I mean, Matt Eberflus, after all this happened, said we got an outstanding culture in place. And I'm sitting up here like, bruh, bruh, I'm sorry. You trying to convince yourself of that shit. That's like the guy that's over here trying to squeeze into some clothes that he wore two years ago and he ain't been in the gym, bruh. You ain't no damn large no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's stop being in denial, Matt Eberflus. This culture that you guys have is rotten. And he want to sit up here and try to tell us, oh, we're two and two in our last four games. Bruh, stop it. That's loser <laughs> mentality. You sit over here trying to, you try to, <laughs> he, I feel like he's trying to send a message to Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren when he's talking like that. He's talking to them. He ain't talking to us. Because you're right. We're not buying that, man. Like, hey, bro, water is water, man. Your water ain't special what you're talking about right now. And the way you're sounding to us, man, is delusional. And I hate to say that about a coach because I don't want to be negative. But, man, when you come out there and, and say those type of things, friends, what are you thinking, coach? Are you seeing these facts that everybody else see? Do you see what's going on everybody else see? You may have a couple of cool guys in the locker room who's doing the right thing. But overall, what's being put out there, man, this is ugly. And then <laughs> you can no way in hell feel like everything is right. No, it isn't. And I just don't like the fact that he's sitting over here talking about some, oh, well, one of the games that we lost was real close. We had a chance at that one. And <laughs> what was the result? You lost. We don't even talk about what could have, should have been. No. What happened? You lost. You got an L. What's getting ready to happen? You're getting fired. Ain't nobody going to sit up here and be like, oh, you know, that Matt Eberflus, man, he almost won that game. No, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what you almost did? The fact that those words came out of his mouth, and I'm not a violent person on this, but I wanted to slap the shit out of him when he said that. I swear to God. I'm like, what is he over here talking about? We Eber almost won that one. <laughs> Eber flew stripping, man. He, he should have known that those DBE boys was going to call his ass out. Oh, my God. We was ready to cook him. <laughs> He should have known. Ain't no more victories going over here, man. Hell you should no. know that, man. 
Come on, Eberflus. You should know that, man. Get the victory. That's what you paid to do, man. Results. Prayers have called it out on many occasions, bro. I've heard you say it plenty of times on this show. Get the results, man. No one care about the fact that we almost did anything, man. Don't make a difference. Win the football game. That's what it's about. I did hear that Omar Young, the uh, wide receiver assistant, he's going to take over as the running backs coach. So uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll, we'll, we will see what that means. So at least, at least Lugetti ain't going to fucking mess that party off. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely he will not mess that up at all, friends. Luke, stay where you at, man. Well, Edub, let's uh, change gears here and let's uh, jump over here into this matchup. So I wanted to briefly discuss the injury report. So as, as we kind of see things for both teams, it looks like the Saints side, their injury report is a little cleaner than the Bears injury report. So if we kind of look through what the Bears got going on, man, it's just kind of how it's been off season. This thing has been freaking full of players, right? So right. it's interesting. So right now you had... Larry Borm didn't practice yesterday. Jaquan Brisker didn't practice. Nate Davis has not practiced in, in quite a while with that ankle injury. But then also, Tremaine Edmonds didn't practice. Justin Fields didn't practice. Not a surprise there. But we have Eddie Jackson, who's a full participant in practice. Braxton Jones, limited in practice. Hopefully, he's playing on Sunday, bro. Mercedes Lewis didn't practice, but it was more of a rest day for him. Lucas Patrick was back. And then Terrell Smith did not practice. So there were some key names here on that list that didn't practice. Tremaine Edmonds with the knee, something to keep an eye on audience because that's one where, like, okay, that when that popped up, I'm like, ugh, need him out there. He's been starting to kind of flash a little bit. Larry Borum, personal reasons, you know, we'll see what that means when it comes to the game on Sunday. Jaquan Brisker, what, what are your thoughts there? I mean, you're thinking that Jaquan Brisker is, is set the play. I mean, he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday, and we know that he was in that concussion protocol re-entry. I hope he's able to play Perez, but you know how it is, man, when it comes down to concussion protocols, man. That can take a couple weeks, you know, and then he had a relapse, right? So it could mean he could potentially miss another game, potentially. And then on the Saints side of the house, Michael Thomas, their former All-Pro receiver, he's taking some steps back in his career, but he was a full participant in practice. Um, he, earlier in the week, was limited in practice with an illness, and so it looks like they're just kind of getting him ramped up. Taysom Hill, their jack-of-all-trades, wide receiver, tight end, running back, <laughs> quarterback. We're going to get into him a little bit later on, but he was limited in practice this week with a hip injury. He's more than likely going to play, though, you know. And then Jimmy Graham, former Chicago Bear, obviously New Orleans Saints legend, he had a rest day of practice there. So when I'm looking at this matchup, though, you know, the Saints offense led by Derek Carr. Now, you know, I've always had, like, a lot of little smart-ass shit to say about Derek Carr. But however, as of late, he's playing well for the Saints, and he's got them in contention in their division. Got to give Derek Carr a lot of credit, Perez. A gal took a lot of criticism, of course, and now it's starting to uh, heat up a little bit. So, I mean, he's a solid quarterback. I don't think he's terrible, you know, but it's good for him if you're a Saints fan and seeing that he's able to get some things going. Well, I would say this, man. They, they paid him a lot of money when they brought him from the Raiders. I mean, this is what you expect out of a veteran quarterback. You you expect yep. for them to come in there and be able to get it done. And it's not like he doesn't have weapons. Because as I mentioned, Michael Thomas, even though he isn't playing to that all-pro level, he's still a hell of a ball player. You know what I mean? They got Rashid Shahid, who's a deep threat. This guy gets limited reps out there, and he still makes plays out there on the field. Chris <laughs> Olave, who admitted that he's been in a bit of a slump A-dub, hey, former Ohio State Buckeye, the guy can ball. 
So Derek Carr is not short on weapons. And then look who he's trapped out in that backfield, Alvin Kamara. They got Jamal Williams over there. And then, as I mentioned, Taysom Hill. The Bears' defense is going to have a lot to contend for in this matchup, a Doug. And you saw what Alvin Kamara has been able to do. You understand about Michael Thomas. He's been their guy, you know. And then this cat, Shahid, man, like you said, deep threat. This kid can play, man. And if you look about having all those type of weapons right there for Derek Carr, that puts a lot of pressure on the Bears' defense. So that secondary got to be prepared. And, of course, you got to be able to stop the run as well. No, you definitely have to be able to. So, Ada, I was mentioning those various weapons there on that offense. The Saints kind of have the, the same issue that we have with the running back situation because they have so many talented running backs. The, obviously, Alvin Kamara is the pro bowler, but they have so many people vying for carries. And if you look at the Bears running back room right now, it's a bit of a mess, right? With Khalil Herbert out, you don't know what's going to happen with Dante Foreman, Roshan Johnson, and even Darrington Evans has been getting into the mix. So with that running back committee, I mean, what do you what are you kind of thinking they're going to do at running back here on Sunday? They still got to – to me, I still think Dante Foreman is the guy, man. I mean, he's been the guy holding it down for his. Um, he's been consistent lately. And while everyone else is nursing injuries, you know, and still coming back from injuries, I mean, he's been the guy. And I think you got to let that guy continue to uh, play and let loose. And um, because he's been given consistency, right? But I just think that this guy got it going right now. You just roll with it. Yeah, I mean, this is my thing. Uh, Dante Foreman, to me, I think he's been solid. I know that the coaching staff and the organization is high on Roshan Johnson, just like you and I. I just think that, man, we could just be easing a rookie in there and just going with the guy I think that's the hot hand. It's just they've been yeah. trying to just trot so many running backs in the mix. And it's like you just want one guy to kind of get a rhythm. And I just I would like to see that here. I have no issue with the way that they've been trying to try to get multiple guys some carries here and there. But, man, you got to get guys involved because you know how running backs are, man. They need to just keep getting into the floor of the game. They need to keep getting carries. And so whether they decide to go to Roshan or whether they decide to go to Foreman, whoever it is, I just want them to get a steady dose of carries in this ballgame. And I'm with that, Perez. I just think from your standpoint, it would be good to ease Roshan Johnson back into it, right? Let him get some touches. Let him get some carries as well. But let Foreman lead the way. No, I agree. All right, listen, I'm with that wholeheartedly, my guy, wholeheartedly. <laughs> you know what I mean? After we saw what he did, man, with that game when he had all them damn touchdowns, I'm like, come on, man. Even though it was against the Raiders, as we have to put that asterisk on there, but, hey, man, there's some talent there, and we've talked about it many times here on this show. So, Ada, keys to victory, bro. What are you seeing as a clear way if the Bears do X, we get a W on Sunday? Third down, Perez, if they can stop the Saints on third down, mm. they can do that. Get off the field, force those guys to punt. Hey, the Bears get the offense. Maybe they can get some good things cooking. But you cannot let this Saints team continue to chunk up yards, man, and wear your defense down. You know what? I like that one, man, because, I mean, we've complained about that in the past, you know, especially that game against the Chargers. We didn't get off the field. I think that's going to be a big thing. Can I let the Saints prolong drives? They got too many weapons on that offense. We allow that to happen. We're cooked. Now, for me, I just got to go back to it, man. It's that running game for us. Um, I know all this, I've, I've talked about our running game at length. But in a matchup like this, time of possession is going to be key. Think about that game against the Raiders, man. We was killing the time clock in the play clock. We pretty much in the second half imposed our will on the Raiders. And that's what I would like to see us do against the Saints. 
this identity crisis that we've talked about on this show or offense, it's got to stop, man. You know, last couple of weeks, it's just like we don't know what the hell that Luke Getz is going to do on the offensive side of the ball. And it's crazy because when Justin Fields was starting to kind of come into his own, we were showing that dynamic vertical passing game because we had a quarterback that was showing people he could push the ball down the field. Right. Well, now we've taken a couple steps back because Justin's out, Tyson Bajan's in there, and now you have to alter the game plan a little bit. But for me, our calling card still is with that running game, and that's why I asked you earlier. I'm like, Doug, what do you think is going to happen at running back, man? Because we got three different guys that are getting the ball. So I'm with you, man. If it's if it's Dante Foreman, cool. Give him the rock. If it's Roshan, give him the fucking rock. But let's stop playing musical chairs back there. Let's get one or two guys at the most, them carries, and let's let's you know, let's play ball. But we gotta be able to attack that Saints defense. We have to. You talk about running the football effectively. You're right. That's gotta be that identity. I know even Flues and Cole talked about that being that identity. But they got to do it. And you're right. It's all on Luke Getze to continue to run the football. And I think if he's able to do that, I can see the Bears having some success in that area. So definitely take a lot of pressure off Tyson Beijing. What's your last key, brother? My last key, prayers is the Bears got to do a good job in the passing game and slowing down Alvin Kamara. I think he's a big key in my component is the fact that he's able to catch, not just run the football, but he's able to catch it, Perez. And you can see him in the flat getting those catches and runs, you know, getting those catches and picking up a lot of yards after the catch, right? And that can be a big factor against the Chicago Bears. They cannot let this guy run the football effectively and be able to catch the football effectively. I understand the Bears done a good job at stopping the runs, but I'm worried about what this guy can do in the passing game. We can slow him down, Perez. That is a good key of saying, hey, we're in good shape because I know the Bears are not going to allow Michael Thomas, Shahid, and Olave to beat them over the top. So, therefore, these underneath passes, bro, especially to Alvin Kamara, can be a factor. So, I'm going to add Taysom Hill to that mix because I do – I love that key that you have because a lot of the damage that Kamara does is out of the backfield. And a lot of damage that Taysom Hill does is he's a, a gadget player, right? right? Those are the guys underneath that you're going to have to focus on. But Alvin Kamara, to your point, he's the engine to that Saints offense, right? He is so dangerous with the ball in his hands. And not just the linebackers, but that defensive line is going to have to be really key in keeping attention on him, and especially our newly extended Andrew Billings. Congratulations to him on getting <laughs> that contract extension. Well-deserved, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he earned his money, Perez. A hundred percent. But one of the things I will say, though, is the Bears have kind of flown under the radar as being one of the better run stuff in the units in the league. They definitely have picked it up there. The yep. issue with us is tackling, as we continue to talk about on the show. And if you're going to have those type of problems going against Kamara in the open field, <laughs> good luck. Right? <laughs> we got to bring this guy down. But we also have to close off any sort of run-in lanes for him. Don't give him areas of space because he's super elusive. But the Bears can show a good sign of slowing him down, man. That put them in a good spot. But one thing you know, and I know, it's a tough task. No, it's definitely a tough task. Like I said, man, those short dump-off passes that the Saints do to him, yep. that's where they do that damage. Absolutely, Perez. And he picked up a lot of yards after the catch, boy. He gone, man. So, But you got to slow that cat down because you're right. And he's a tough guy to tackle anyhow, you know. That's right. Based on the way he runs. So you're right. Our guys on the defense got to be effective at tackling and also run the right angles. Because last week you said against the Chargers, bro, they didn't do a good job with angles or tackling. 
You know what they're going to have to do, man? They're going to have to get to that fucking football, gang tackle this motherfucker, try to rip the ball out every play. That's the key. Because like you said, he's not the type of guy that's going to be content with getting a couple yards and then run out of bounds. No. He's going to fucking try to break tackles. He's going to try to juke you. He's going to do all kinds of things to try to get extra yards. That's what he does. Yep. And like I said, it's going to be very important for him when he gets that football in his hands to see two or three bears in his face. Absolutely. That's what it's about, man. Crowd, crowd him up, take him down, and hopefully create some turnovers like you're talking about. So my last key, A-Dub, is around Tyson Bajan. Now, last week, he had a couple picks. I want him to just go back to playing like he did against the Raiders. Mistake-free football, getting the ball out quick, making smart decisions, but then also being able to lean on that running game. Because last week, <laughs> that Cinderella story when it came to Tyson Bajan, it kind of ran its course a little bit. Yeah. That, that, that pass rush from the Chargers, yeah. They, they welcomed <laughs> him to the NFL really, really well. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and not thanks. only that, but I talked about the fact that that Charger secondary, I said, hey, they may not be one of the top units in the league, but hey, they're going to give him some different looks than what he was used to. And you can see that it kind of it kind of tricked Tyson a little bit out there. So going against the Saints, things are not getting any easier, audience. Because that Saints defense is punishing. Marcus Lattimore is coming to town. And you know how that goes with him going up against our Bears receivers. Last time we played them, Anthony Miller's out there fucking throwing punches and shit on the field. So I, our Bears were serious. Mooney, DJ Moore, Tyler Scott, don't let this guy get in your head. Just play ball. But anyway, Luke Getze can't get cute with the play calling in this game. Call the game the right way. I don't want to see no reverse to our punt returner who only runs a 4-6. I don't want to see none of that shit. None of the cute plays. Just run the fucking football, play complimentary style, let Tyson Beijing make plays where it makes sense. So that's my key when it comes to Tyson. Keep the game plan simple for him, and let's just win the game the right way by punishing the New Orleans Saints. I like where you were going with this, phrase. You talk about running the football effectively and not putting so much on Tyson Beijing's shoulder. And you're right, man. If you allow Tyson Beijing to go out there and turn the football over, that's to the Saints' advantage. Those guys really you know, do a good job at getting momentum off turnovers. But you got to put Tyson Beige in a good spot. And that's where it really falls in on Luke Getzey, Perez. He got to do a good job at ensuring Tyson set up for success for sure. And I mentioned Marcus Lattimore, but that's a guy right there that's probably going to be matched up against DJ Moore, right? So that's going to be yep. a matchup that <laughs> is going to be worth paying attention to. And just know that these two, they know each other very well from when DJ played for the Panthers. They've had some battles going back some couple of years. And Lattimore has had the upper hand in those recent years. So this would be a good opportunity and a good test for DJ Moore going ahead up against him. But that's going to be a difficult matchup, again, for Tyson Bajan. Why it's going to be important for the Luke Getson to make sure that he's calling a, a simple game plan, allowing yep. Tyson to get the ball out quick. Man, let's find Cole Commit like we did in the last game. Hey, if you need a safety valve, find him. Money move, get him going across the middle. I mean, it'll be nice to get Money Moon going. I mean, he's had an up-and-down season. So if it's not there with DJ, hey, you have some auxiliary weapons in this offense. So, you know, make it happen. Get the ball out quick. Because I'm tired of the bank being closed, man. The bank being closed, for instance. Listen, listen, man, this bank about to go bankrupt, man. That's all I got to <laughs> <laughs> You right about that, because I'm sure it's starting to feel it, man. <laughs> <laughs>
What's your score prediction, man, for uh, for week nine, though, before we get out of here? 28 to 20, I think the Saints get the victory. I mean, Ada, that's right around the line from DraftKings. They have the Bears as a seven-and-a-half-point underdog on the road. So you got them 28 to 20, right? Yep. I have the Saints winning 24 to 17. And it's just one of those things, audience, you know, no emotion involved in that. It's just when you look at this situation on the road against a hungry defense, against an offense that's starting to come into its own, yep. it just doesn't bode a, a good recipe here for us. Even though we got Montez Sweat in the building, and that's going to help our pass rush, and hopefully we're able to get after Derek Carr a little bit. But, man, they just got too much firepower in that offense, A-Dub. So I have the Bears losing right along with you, bro. And you know, to, the, to that point, Perez, got a rookie quarterback going out there again. And, um, you know, just a lot to learn. And hopefully that the Bears can take this situation and learn from it overall. But I do think the Saints has a, a big advantage here, man. They got a lot of momentum coming to this game. Yeah, man, look at that. They came off that impressive win last week against the Colts. You know, they snapped that two-game losing streak that they had. And like I said, Derek Carr is starting to play some really good ball, mistake-free. And then yep. Rashid Shaheed, as I mentioned, he may be their third receiver. But this is a guy that gets open deep down the field. He's a guy that really worries me in this matchup because with our secondary looking like a little, like a little shaky last week against the Chargers, outside of Jalen, I'm kind of like, hey, there could be some opportunities, whether it's Olave or Shahid, to get open deep. And so that's kind of going into my thought process when I look at this matchup. So honestly, audience, don't be surprised if our Bears fall short again on Sunday. Well, listen, audience, <laughs> we still going to be tuned in just like all of you all because, hey, we love our team. We're here for them. I know we get frustrated with them, but, hey, we're going to be here. We're going we're gonna to have a pop for you guys on Sunday after the game. We appreciate you guys and your continued support and rocking with the show and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. And, our audience, we also are knocking on the door being in that top five. So thank you guys so much because without you, man, we wouldn't even be in the building. So thank you all so much. On to the Saints. And we are out.